Hey guys, welcome to the Tweet Coast Church Podcast. So glad that you could join us. Now prepare your hearts for another inspiring message from one of the Tweet Coast Church crew. Now, I, don't, I know some of what you walked through, some of your years, what you walked through in 2018. The good thing about Jesus is that there's always a time of newness <laughs> and a new start. That, that's the message of the gospel. In fact, we're reminded in Lamentations that his mercies are new every morning. How do we receive that? Great is his faithfulness. He just, I don't know what your 2018 was. It might have been unbelievable. You had kids. You got a pay rise. You got a new car. You know, everybody loved you. You got married. You whatever. It was just unbelievable. Others, it was a challenging year. Whatever it is, you know what? The beautiful thing is, is that for all of us, another two days, we're stepping into a new season, a new time. Why don't you, by faith, even this morning, let your heart be stirred to the new things that he has for you because he's got fresh things for you. There's not stale bread in the oven, all right? There's not a ham that's been brewing on the web for like six months, if you know what I'm saying. It's fresh ham off the bone for you. He is the bread of life for you. Can I hear a good amen that he's got something new for you? Today, this message is significant. In fact, it's a life message for me. It's a life message for uh, a follower of Jesus, I really believe, um, because I'm speaking on today, putting first things first. In just two days' time, we'll be stepping into a new year that we've never stepped into before. You've never been there before. The good news is that God's been there and He's calling you into it. The calling of God calls you into a place, into an area that you've never stepped into, but He's already into. That's why we follow Jesus and His goodness, because He's calling us into something great. Some of us need to step out of something really not so good and step into something fresh and new. Some of us are stepping in the, from good things into great things in God. Oh, come on, I reckon I'm preaching better than you're responding. I've been eating the ham as well. I know, I know, you're all snoozy. You're normally down by the creek by now. I know all that, but we're still going to receive the word of God in Jesus' name. First things first. This is a powerful principle in the scriptures, putting God first. It's a powerful kingdom principle. In fact, it's all the way through scripture. Here's the first point this morning. Pursue Jesus and his kingdom first. Pursue Jesus and his kingdom first. You know the scripture, Matthew 6.33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. The Passion Translation says, I love this. So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. <laughs> you know, people pursue all kinds of different things. huh? It's in the Constitution of America that they can... The pursuit of happiness is in their laws, their bylaws, the pursuit of happiness. But we all do. We all pursue different things. We pursue careers. Many of these things not necessarily bad. Pursue careers. Pursue relationships. Come on, somebody. You're looking in 2019. 
seeing what the Lord's got cooking in 2019 when it comes to relationships. You pursue family. I'm a family man, four kids, four shut the door. And uh, you pursue all kinds of things. I love this encouragement for no more. It's funny when you get to about four kids, people stop congratulating you. And they say, do you know how it's happening? You know, like they speak to you like you're Amish or something. And, you know, it's like, can you make me a log fireplace? And, you know, like, and pick some potatoes for me like you're Amish. Anyway, I was distracted by the front row once again. We can chase all kinds of things. We really can. We got a new puppy, little Labrador puppy, chocolate Labrador. He's cute sometimes. And, uh, but what I've discovered when I take him for walks, when we take him for walks, you know, he's so distracted, particularly if I distracted, if I take him off the leash, you know, there's a butterfly one minute, he's, and then there's a bird, and then there's another dog, and, and he's chasing everything, but he's actually getting nothing. He's pursuing everything, but not actually getting anything. I think we can live like that a little bit, a little bit like Billy, the chocolate lab, that we're chasing a whole lot of things, but actually getting nothing. Jesus said, pursue, pursue righteousness. That's actually speaking about Jesus, pursuing the person of Jesus. You, you follow Jesus and you watch what your life begins, to, the flavors, the colors that your life begins to take on. Now, I'm talking to Christians. You're saying, yes, I'm here on Sunday morning. And we are. We're pursuing Jesus first on Sunday, which is significant, very significant. But I'm talking about the person of Jesus, pursuing him with a new diligence, with a new passion. Then he says, pursue the kingdom of God. You know what? The kingdom of God is within you. That's where, what is a kingdom? A kingdom is wherever a king rules. A kingdom is wherever a, ki- a king rules. And so Jesus, his own word says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added to you. The kingdom of God is his rule in our heart. That we are pursuing his rule in our heart first. Pursuing, you know what? This is even the kingdom of God. Tweed Coast Church is part of the kingdom. It's not the kingdom. It's part of the kingdom. There's churches all around the world today. In fact, in every country in the world, bar six, the church of Jesus Christ is growing faster and stronger than it ever has before. It's part of Tweed Coast Church. I want it to grow on the Tweed and beyond faster and stronger than it ever has done before. You're a pioneer if you're part of this church because we're a pioneer church. We're here the last several years. We're adolescent stage, but we're going to see God's kingdom come to earth, to surface, to hippies, to farmers, to middle class, to upper class, to lower class, whatever class, no class at all, whatever it is. Can I hear a good Amen. That's the kingdom of God, you see. And so we pursue that. But also the kingdom of God is for those people that are not yet saved around us, uh, our loved ones that care for us so much. And so Jesus is saying this, pursue me, pursue after me first and the kingdom of God within, around you and those unsaved people first and all these other things will be added to you. Well, what other things? Well, Jesus was speaking to a group of people, for them, their other things was really food, water, and clothing, really necessities. 
But to us, it's a whole lot of other things that people pursue after. Happiness, joy, peace, all beautiful things. But Jesus is saying, you know what? You pursue me and you know what you're going to get? You're going to get it anyway. (laughs) Jesus plus nothing is still everything. Everything minus Jesus is still nothing. The beauty that you have is that when we pursue Jesus, we discover everything that our souls long for. Belonging, community, significance, all these wonderful things that mean so much to us. Meaning, purpose, community, joy, peace and belonging. So can I encourage us today as we're coming into New Year to seek first, pursue first the kingdom. You know what I find, though, is that some people think about God's rule. And because they don't really understand the nature of God, they're reluctant with God ruling those areas of their life that matter most. And so they hold back their heart. And if you're like that, like we all have been, we're kind of hesitant to release our lives to Him, release our future to Him, release our dreams to Him, because we don't really understand Him as a good, good Father. You know, because if there is a bad rulership, that rulership will, uh, it will actually affect the area and the dominion that that king or that princess or that queen owns. You look at the movie Narnia, when the, the white witch is ruling the land of Narnia, the whole land is in an endless winter. The Narnians, I, I know you watched the movie, so I'm just going to pretend like you have, all right. The whole Narnians are in oppression, it's an endless winter. Maybe you're thinking that if I give rulership to Jesus, well, that's my whole life is going to be less than. But then Aslan, who actually, if you know the writer of, of those, those series and those books, Aslan comes to town. He's on the move. Aslan's on the move. And all of a sudden, winter breaks and spring bursts forth. And all the Narnians are set free again. And there's flowers and there's life all again. You see, we've got to trust God Aslan represented in the, in the movies to, to rulership and ownership of our lives because he's only going to do great things in our lives and in our families and in our worlds. You, you see, if you're going to give Jesus a hand clap, really give him a hand clap. Yes, you see, for me, I remember, I remember, in, in fact, it's been a on and off switch ever since this time, but I remember when I was 18 or 19 and I I saw my friends pursuing after things. They were pursuing after really destructive lifestyles and just throwing themselves into all sorts of things. And they were passionate about it, man. I'm telling you, you know, they were the kind of people that would go out Friday night and they wouldn't be home until Sunday morning, <laughs> you, know, you know, the kind of lifestyle. And I was challenged by these people, my friends who had gone to high school with, I was challenged by them, Pastor John, because they were passionate about the pursuit of this lifestyle. And God said to me, John, you say you got life to the full, but you go home and you're in bed by 7.30 with your hot milky ch- chocolate milk and you got life to the full. And God said, you know, John, you've got to live life with a pursuit and a passion after the things of God and the pursuit of Jesus and the pursuit of God's kingdom and the pursuit of the most precious thing in the whole universe, the good news of Jesus Christ. 
And ever since that day, I've set my course to the pursuit of seeking first Jesus and His righteousness. And you know what? There's never been a regret in my life when I've put Him first. Put Him first. Here's the second thing here about first. First things first. Pray first. Turn to the person beside you. Oh, actually, I need to go back. I need, can, I, can I stop there before you go on to that point? Because I need to put this, this into context. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Then he says this. Can you put that up there again? Matthew 6, 33. Next part. Next part. I need to read it to you. Jesus says, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. That's a word for somebody. The, the, I, think, I really think from that scripture that we can't have both in. If we're seeking Jesus and his kingdom, we won't be warriors. Some of you need to be set free from worry this year. Just let it break over your life. I mean, this year that we're stepping into... In Jesus' name, set your course for Jesus and trust Him. Like the word of the Lord's coming to us, trust Him afresh. Release it afresh to Him. Trust Him with your future, your life, and your dreams. Watch what He can do. Amen? Amen. Second point, pray first. Pray first. Pray first. I love this scripture, Philippians 4, 6-8. Don't worry about anything. Instead, everyone say instead. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. To pray first. First point was pursue Jesus and His kingdom first. Secondly, pray first. This is first things first. I wonder how your year would have been different this year if you just might have prayed. I've thought back at parts of my life. If I just would have stopped and just prayed, just, brought it, you know, just stepped out of the way just for a moment. God only needs a moment sometimes. Just to bring him in. To pray first. You know, your year this year will be so different as you take the end of this year. I'm just going to pray first. Many times people act first and then try to get God in later. God, can you bail me out of this? You know what is a beautiful, wise way to live? It's bringing him in first. Say, God, my ways are yours. Just guide me. Give me wisdom. What wisdom is available to you just as you pray first? What guidance, what peace of heart and mind just to pray first? Before you send that text message, pray first. Before you reply to that email, just pray first. Before you step into that meeting, that business meeting, pray first. Before you go home, pray first. We started this church by praying. We, we, we would meet, Josh, do you remember? We would actually climb the lighthouse up at Fingal and we'd get up there and we would all get around, like wrap ourselves around the top of the lighthouse and we would pray. We are praying for these people. We prayed we pray for six to nine months, remember, Hendo, um, before we started any services, at least, at least even more than that. But prayer is so, so powerful. That, that's why as a church, come February... I'm just believing for your personal prayer life to go to new levels in God. When you pray, let me say this. 
if you as a man, woman of God, commit to 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes daily with God, I'm telling you the trajectory of your future and your family will be transformed for all eternity. The man that you'll become, the woman that you'll become, just to set time aside, to allow God in, to allow God to come and guide your thoughts and your mind and your hearts. I'm here to tell you that I can't be even a good dad without God. There's an amen down the front there. I'm first to say that. That's why he's first in my life. If he's down the order, you know what, and I try to be a husband first, and I try to be a a dad, or I try to be this and that, you know what, I'm just giving out of an empty tank. But it's Jesus that's alive. That's why he's first. And everything else never comes second when he's first. Can you hear me today, church? This is so significant, this message. If we get this, our life will take on a new life, you see. And so once again, just to touch on the month of prayer and fasting, what an incredible time in February. Because I know we're all doing our thing in January and that. What an incredible time in February. Just to set time aside, your 2019 will be set up in God in such a significant way. Now, I'm first to say that my 2018 was really challenging. I, 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 don't, I don't say that to get sympathy. I, I like to be honest. I, like for you, I would love for you to see a pastor that, even through challenges, keeps on loving Jesus, keeps on serving you with all their heart and soul and mind, keeps on following Jesus with everything, <laughs> keeps on smiling, keeps on saying silly jokes, because <laughs> God never changes. Come on, somebody. God never changes. And I just know that you're stepping into a God-blessed, favor-blessed 2019. People say, well, I'm too busy to pray. Why don't you switch that around and see it as that you're too busy not to pray? Just switch around. I'm too busy not to got too. I've got too much. I've got too many kids not to pray. There's something great on each one of you. And prayer is the connection, the connection to download the goodness of heaven on your life and your family and your future. Pray first before the day begins. Pray first. Before you go to bed, pray first. Before you go to work or school, pray first. Before you send that text, pray first. Before you eat, pray first. Drive or travel, pray first. When bad things happen, pray first. Before bad things happen, pray first. In every situation, help me, pray first. Pray first. Why don't it become a dialogue between you and your wife, you and your husband? Hey, let's pray first. Let's not freak out here. Let's pray first. Because this is the promise going on Philippians. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Third thing here. First one is pursue Jesus. Second is pray first. Third thought is position Christ first. Position Christ first. Position Christ first. I love this scripture. This is so amazing, this scripture. Colossians 16 to 18. Everything was created. This is talking about Jesus. Everything was created through him, Jesus, and for him. He existed before anything else. And he holds all creation together. So this is Jesus. The one we celebrated in the baby that grew 
to be a man, 33 years of age. He holds all things together. That's why you take him out of your life and things begin to fall apart. They might go right for a while, but it's just things because it's him that holds things together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. Now watch this. So he is first in everything. In the Greek, which is the language that this was written in, that, those words there literally is a title of who Jesus is. It says this, that he is the holder of first place. That he is the first place. And so we need to understand that as we wrestle and jostle with, am I first or is Jesus first, that he doesn't do second. That's who he is. That's his title. He he is first. And, and so if you look into those scriptures there, there's actually this picture of Jesus being in the center and things revolving around Jesus, that everything is around Jesus. I don't know about you, but I've had moments where I've been right at the center. Jesus has been on the outside. And you know what? It just gets kind of lopsided. It's just like that, you know, that buckled wheel when you're on a push bike as a kid. It's like, ar-ra, 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 ar-ra. But the beautiful thing about a Christ-centric life, when Jesus is at the center, is that it just seems to, even in, even in challenge, even in moments of, 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 of fear and doubt, when Jesus is placed central, things just begin to work. Why? Because that's what happens in creation. All of creation, atoms, beings, animals, nature itself revolves around Christ. Revolves around Christ. When he is central in your life, you know what happens? Things just begin to... I'm not talking about a perfect life. That's in heaven. That's only in heaven. But just things begin to just, just to work. It just seems to, to feel right. Have you ever put shoes on that are just two sizes too small and they just don't work? It's kind of uncomfortable. That's what it's like when Christ isn't central. I don't know about you, but I've been there many times. And it's a common moment. Even at the start of 2019, I'll be saying these kind of prayers. God, you're just center. You're just center of my life. In fact, I'll probably say it hundreds of times throughout the year. God, you're number one. You're center. You're center. I'm revolving my life around you. Because it's at that place that things just begin to work. Here's the thought, though, is that sometimes we can't understand. Well, I can't understand. Sometimes I forget. We think that there's only one place for first. And so we want to be first. And because we think that if God is first, we think that if God is first, that obviously that means that the best we're going to do is possibly second. Or even worse than that, possibly third. We think that we're down the list a little bit. But here's the, here's the truth here. That's upside down, no? It's not. There you go, third. It's all munted. And uh, second place. The beautiful thing as a believer to understand that when Jesus is first and we're in Jesus, we're never going to come second. You you never come second. You never come third. Never come fourth or just one of those thanks for trying, you know, nice ribbons. You know, thanks for running the race. Never get one of those politically crap ribbons. You know, you came 31st. Well done. But when Jesus is first, he never comes second. 
Because he just doesn't do second. Why? Because it's who he is. So our thing is to step into him. To step into him continually and allow him to position us. Here's the truth, friend, that your life this coming year will be made of moments. Just a whole lot of moments attached together. <laughs> a whole lot of moments. So what do we do in those moments actually is significant when it comes to putting Christ first this year. Here's some thoughts that would really help you, I know. In the happy moments, praise God. In the difficult moments, seek God. In the quiet moments, worship God. In the painful moments, trust God. But every moment, thank God. Can you bow your heads and pray? I want the band to come. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace, that you loved us so much. You still love us, that you pursue after us. Father, we pursue after you because you first pursued after us. We heard, all of us have heard the call of the world, but we're here today because we've responded to the call of God that says, Come. Come on home. And once we came home, you spoke to us about the future that we could have in you. You spoke to us about things that we'd never dreamed of, that our hearts could be restored again, that we could find hope and healing and restoration, and we could find meaning and purpose of this thing that we call life. And we had no idea that our lives could be full of so much color. And we're so thankful for you because you really are a gift that keeps on getting better and better and better and better. Even through challenge, oh my goodness, even through challenge, Jesus, you've been so faithful. Father, you've been faithful to these people this year. Some of them gone through health challenges, some through business challenges, some through challenges relationally. But Father, you have stood by their side. You've stood by my side, Lord. <laughs> when I thought I couldn't hold on to you anymore, I just discovered that you are holding on to me. And that today is your church, Lord Jesus. We are saying thank you. Even when we've been unfaithful, you have been faithful to us. And we're so eternally grateful for your goodness and your mercy, your kindness. Father, we're so thankful for what you're calling us into in 2019. I know that you don't really particularly go from year to year, but you go from season to season. But we just know that you've got something new. We know that by your word, that your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You're calling people into something fresh and new in you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you are touched by God's word. If you would like to know more about Tweet Coast Church, please visit tweetcoastchurch.com.au.